Hi, I'm Amy Tian Yi Zhao, a Chinese living in America, and I'm Meg, an American who married into a Chinese family. We're the host of the Spark, a podcast that explores what it means to traverse between cultures, interrupt barriers, and create connections. 大家好，我们是火花电台，一档致力于打破文化边界，偶尔以中英双语录制的播客节目。欢迎你和我们一起用对话启迪思想。It just feels like forever since I talked to you, which has been two weeks. I know we've been both of us have been kind of on the road and immersed in summer for a second. Absolutely, as、But、we should. Exactly, but it's good to be back. Absolutely. Well, again,、uh, I hope that you enjoyed our episode last week where we discussed Oppenheimer and Barbie in depth. Uh, yes. And I believe that everyone should go ahead and listen to that because we are very proud of what came out. And、um, have you have you re-listened? I have not yet because I rarely ever re-listen. But、Same. this is one that I want to build up the courage to go back and re-listen. Yeah,、There's、something、absolutely. about hearing my own voice sometimes. <laughs> I know, I know. It's very, it's very, very annoying. Even when I'm. Editing, it was very、uh, disturbing in the best way possible. But you should listen. <laughs> I'm、um, going to. The,、uh, you as for you know everyone、um, and and you, but、uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I really don't have a set agenda for today because、uh, you know for the second half of this year, I guess we are going towards the、uh, end part of of 2023. We just wanted to you know catch up every week, and I didn't really have a set agenda as I just said, but、um, I just had a lot of feelings yesterday when I saw you posted your feel. No, I know that you've been doing it for a long time, but it's always excited for me to see、um, your friend's production and also whatever your brainchild. And most importantly, when I got featured in it, I I like <laughs> me likey. Totally, totally. That means so much to hear. And truly, field notes. I started it,、uh, gosh, about a year and a half ago now. And- really. Yeah, it's been. I started it in May of 2021. Wow! And it truly—it's my baby. It's like truly my baby. Like my like this podcast that we have together is like our baby. But then like、mm-hmm. Field Notes is like like my little baby that I'm just like I nurture and feed and like dote on all day long. It's like when I think about it, when I'm engaging. With my platform that I've created on there and the community that I'm building, it just is the thing that sets my soul on fire.、Mm. Um, and it just means a lot that you really like found the piece to be moving yesterday. Because、um, it was it was one of those ones where it was hard to write. I've literally been trying to write that piece for a very very long time.、Mm-hmm. Um, And, but I would say like, just field notes is just like I think it's the truest thing about myself.、Mm. But just writing and words and how it's all come together、um, with field notes is something that I'm just I'm really I'm extremely proud of it and I'm extremely yeah.、Um, I don't know just 
it's God, I can just like feel this feeling inside my body right now. Like just thinking yeah. about it. I have, I, I know that you have this, uh, field note for a long time, but I was not aware that it has over it being a year and a half. Yeah. If it started in 2021, it's two years, lady. Yeah. Oh, wait. May of 20. No, 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 no. I time warp COVID time warp. Okay. 2022. Okay. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> that, that makes more sense. Okay. Okay. Sorry. That everyone. makes more sense. I don't actually know yeah. what year it is. I don't even know what it doesn't matter what time where we are in time and space right now. Yes, you're right. Yeah. It's a little over a year started in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> it's yes. amazing because I, again, I knew that you have this outlet to write and to create for a while. And I read it from time to time. Uh, it is a newsletter uh, that is uh, attached to the platform Substack where uh, creators could produce stuff uh, and such as writings and podcasts or videos. And then once the creators uh, upload these brainchild to the platform, uh, subscribers will be able to get newsletters, notifications, and etc. And if you follow Meg's um, Substack, it's called Field Notes, and I occasionally get notification in my mailbox on what she write, what she wrote. Um, so yesterday's piece really moved me because I mean, the whole idea really moved me. But then yesterday, and also that you wrote about, you know, your childhood, because it, it closely followed your agenda, where your whereabouts. And I feel like the whole thing feel like I'm talking to you, or you're talking to me from the screen, mm. from words, it's so you. But yesterday's piece was specifically good, because I can tell that you spent a long time on it. And it's so concise. Um, and I, I feel like at this point, people are wondering what the yesterday's uh, fuel note is about. Um, what is it about? So first of all, thank you so much for sharing that because what you said about, it feels like I'm talking to you through the screen. That is the goal with every single mm -hmm. piece that I put out there. Field knows is a conversation between me and you, and it's an mm -hmm. intimacy between me and you. And when I say you, I mean you, but then I mean also anyone else that's reading it. But, um, and then secondly, thank you so much for, for your, your kind words on yesterday's piece. It was one that I took a very long time to write. It's called keys. And the subtitle of the piece is friendship is not meant to be monogamous. Mm -hmm. And it's about, um, best friend breakups and what it's like to move through that whole process of growing up with somebody who you always thought was going to be on by your side at all times. Like there was mm -hmm. no, in the piece, I kind of talk about how there's really no, there was really no indication of where, uh, I ended and she began, um, mm -hmm. in our friendship and just talking about what that's like to walk through your life, basically all of your childhood up until your young adult years with somebody as close to you as your left arm, you know? Mm. And, um, as I mentioned in the piece, um, my childhood best friend and I have not talked since, uh, 2020. Um, when she basically told me she wasn't, didn't want to be in my wedding. 
And it's taken me, well, like I said in the piece too, it's just taken me years to kind of literal years now, we're three years later to mm-hmm. kind of wrap my mind around that, that mm-hmm. there's this absence in my mm-hmm. life and absence of somebody who holds such a large part of my life that only they hold, you know, mm. um, and kind of moving through that and what it, what it means to move through that, what comes with moving through that. And then ultimately in the end, a redefinition of friendship and what that looks like. Um, and what it, what is a healthier version of friendship? Because mm-hmm. as I also mentioned, um, in the piece is there is a lot of codependency, um, in that relationship and codependency is something I've really been learning a lot about. I would say in the past year, um, because like most codependents, I did not realize I was codependent till I realized I was codependent. And I was like, Oh my God, I started reading this book called codependent no more that Mm -hmm. I was actually was recommended to me, um, from my therapist actually. And I started reading it and I felt like I was reading an autobiography of myself, of like my inner Mm -hmm. thoughts. And I was like, Oh my God. And so in that, in that exploration, in that understanding of that about myself, I also realized what potentially caused this like derailment of a long-term friendship, such as the one I'm referring to in the sense that it wasn't just me being codependent. It take, it took two to tango, I think in that Mm -hmm. relationship. And I also outline about, I have a new definite, I have a re I've, I've spent the past few years redefining what it means to be in a relationship with anyone, whether that's marriage, whether that's friendship, whether that's your siblings, whether that's your parents, anyone, what it means to be in relationship with someone, not creating someone that you want to be in relationship with and projecting that onto somebody, but rather holding space for somebody as they are. Yeah. Yeah. Holding, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I saw your face. Keep, I was keep like, going, okay, keep let going. me keep going. Yeah. Yeah. But holding space for somebody as they are and letting there be open space in a dance between the two of you rather mm-hmm. than this. I think a lot of relationships can go wrong sometimes, mm-hmm. especially friendships when there's these lofty expectations, this aspect of like this control almost of like, no, this is what you need to be doing. If you're my friend, you'll do this. If this, you know, all those kinds of Mm, things. mm, mm, mm. And also in this piece, calling out that the term best friend itself isn't necessarily healthy Mm, 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 mm. because it creates an unnecessary hierarchy. So in my friendship um, that I refer to in this piece, I was told by this person that I could not have more than one best friend. I remember on multiple, multiple occasions, there was times when I would slip up and call somebody else, my best friend, because I was feeling particularly close to this person. And there would Mm -hmm. be fights about the fact that I had said that, or, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily to say that that's her fault, 
for, yes, she told me those things and yes, those things made her upset, but mm-hmm. also why did it make her upset? It's the construct that we've created around friendship. The ideas that are spoon fed to us mm-hmm. from the moment we can understand you are supposed to have a best friend, your one best friend. You're supposed to have a person that's supposed to just write it out with you all the way, only one. And coming to think of it, that doesn't make any sense to me now at mm-hmm. this point in my life. It hasn't for a long time. And when I was abiding by that, when I was younger, I would purposely close people off because mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, too close. That's only reserved for X, Y, and for this person over here. Mm. Sorry. You don't have access to this part of me when really, why not? Why can't yeah. you have access to this part of me? And so that's essentially what the piece is about. And it took me, I actually had parts of this piece written down in a different way. There's a lot of different point, like parts that are pulled from the original draft. Um, but the original draft was not the draft that I would ever release. It was like, I need to like figure out how to like first get this out. And then I need to metabolize it in the way that comes from a more processed place. So sometimes I have to like, sometimes I'll write a piece and it just comes straight out, like straight Mm -hmm. out of me. Floodgates are open. It ends up exactly how I would, how I would be satisfied with it ending Mm -hmm. up. And sometimes I have to work through it like over and over and over again on a page until, until it comes out in a way that's from a more healed place. And I realize that those drafts are me like, okay, it's not done. Go back into the wound, go back Mm -hmm. into the wound, go back into the wound. And then you arrive and you're like, okay. And I think it wasn't until yesterday when I released this piece that I truly feel at peace Mm -hmm. with, with it all, you know? Mm -hmm. I read the piece and then I went back to other pieces that you published and I felt how amazing it is that you documented all those little moments where you can tell growth. It's Mm. about all these little moments of growing out of your bedrooms, uh, big enough to move to another house, having your own life, to growing bigger in your hearts that you can accommodate more than one people to um just a lot of growing out of quote unquote your character because you are always more than just this person you can have some you can have obscene words on a very small place that people wouldn't notice but that's also a part of you you're growing out of again the brand but at the same time you're growing up and these are the little moments that i think it's great that you documented it um as you experience being a human and what it's like and i think it's just so um it resonates even though the, the beautiful part is even though not everyone can relate to that specific moment or even an incident but this but everyone can um it 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 make me it make me feel like i should also start just writing down those moments where um i found significant because i think your brain will eventually 
uh, deteriorate and then we will forget about those things. And I think I said about it when I was younger uh, in one of the earlier episodes that I didn't remember what was the incident, but I remember that I told myself as a kid, it must be very, very young that when I grew up, I would never make fun of that question or that thought of mine. But I forgot what that thing was. I just, <laughs> I just remember that feeling like I don't want to be an adult like that. I, I would never be an adult that doesn't take it seriously because when I was younger, that was my entire world. Yeah. Um, so is um, your friendship breakup because when we were younger, maybe we our heart is only big enough. Our hearts are only big enough to accommodate one person. True. You just simply do not yep. have the capacity. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, that is, um, you summed it up perfectly in the sense of starting field notes and really engaging with my preferred method of art writing has been the biggest growth experience of my life thus far. Truly mm -hmm. it's, it's opened. I've always been a writer. I've, I was just saying to an actual artist who paints the other day that mm -hmm. the truest thing I know about myself is, is words. That's the truest mm -hmm. thing I know about myself is that I'm a writer is that I'm, it's all about, it's always been about the words for me. It's never been about anything mm -hmm. else. It's been about books and stitching sentences together and notes and birthday cards. And how can I say this in a way that makes somebody feel something? And how can I point something out to show someone else that they're not alone, but also remind my own self that I'm not alone. And how can I put something down on the page that allows me to arrive at a new place? Like my writing is a vehicle mm -hmm. for my growth and my passages. It, it takes me into a new passage of myself basically. Um, and I growth is really the only way to put it. I think I don't think I'll ever arrive. I don't think any mm -hmm. of us ever arrive at a place where we're like, oh, okay, all done, all done growing. Mm -hmm. Like we're never, I always tell people, I don't want to peak until I'm 80. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because when you peak, it's all downhill from there. Mm -hmm. But that is the other thing too. It's like these little moments, these little mile markers of like, Things yeah. are shifting, things are changing, but I don't know if I would have those mile markers if I didn't name them. Um, yeah, you won't and I, Right. And I hope that in my naming them, I'm helping others mm -hmm. to name theirs. The biggest, the concept behind field notes really is this, this, um, idea of me too. Like, yeah oh, like you're laying in bed thinking about, about this really like totally mind absorbing thing that's going on for you and you feel alone and you know, you don't know what's going to happen next. Oh my God, I can't tell anybody. And I'm there across the screen telling you, Hey, here's my cards. Yeah. Here's what's going on for me. Guess what? Like you're not alone. And all of us, we have, I truly believe like I once heard somebody say that as writers, so, like somebody asked once, like, how do I know if I'm a writer and is it really my 
am I really writing content that's true to me if I keep feeling like I'm writing something that everyone else ends up writing too? And mm -hmm. this writer, I, yeah. this writer responded saying, absolutely not. Like we're as writers, we're all mining to the same place, mm -hmm. which is the core of the human existence. And mm -hmm. as humans, we all have uh, there's a, there's a common denominator between all of us, between all of our experiences. It just looks different for every single person because the, the feelings of what it means to be a human and what the feelings that we hold inside all of us, all of us have the capacity and hold all the same human emotions. They're just expressed mm -hmm. differently. They come together in different stories. And mm -hmm. the other thing is, is not only do all of us possess all the same human emotions that make us that give us that common denominator in life. And as human beings, mm -hmm. we also are all storytellers and mm -hmm. some of us, and I, let me take a step back too. Cause I truly, I, I believe this even further. Let me take it back. We're all artists. Um, and I mm -hmm. say this in one of my intros of field notes, I think it's either it's either in like the about page or it's in the email that you get when you first subscribe to field notes, which is free by the way, like always, if you're interested, mm -hmm. come hang out. But, um, I say that all of us are artists. We just report back differently, whether that's through singing, dancing, painting, I don't know. Um, you name it, any kind of art form. And mine just happens to be writing. And, but all of us are, all of us are expressing those emotions that every single one of us has. There's not, you have this set of emotions and I am only capable of having this set of emotions. You and I have the same ability to have the same fundamental human emotions. And we're all just sharing and expressing them in different ways. And I think that the other part of that too is I was hearing, I think Rain Wilson was talking about this a long time ago. I heard him in conversation talking about art and how art is prayer. Art is the way that we as humans connect to the higher power, connect to ourselves. And when we're not engaging in some sort of art form, we're not praying, we're not tapping into that space that makes us all ultimately the same. We're not mining to the core. Um, mm -hmm. And that's harmful to us, you know, to each and every one of us. Like, and I, when it comes to writing, I feel it. If I don't, I think I also say this somewhere in, in field notes on some piece or somewhere, but like my need to write is as necessary as my need for air to breathe. Um, mm -hmm. and so it's like, it's like that, but it's just, mm -hmm. I truly like whatever our form is, every single one of us has access to it. Um, and mm -hmm. a way to, to express ourselves. Yeah, I, that's beautifully put. I can totally see and feel your sincerity to connect not only with like-minded people, but also just with people in general and most importantly it's a way for you to trace back to uh your almost like an original form and that is getting yes. a little more abstract than than it's supposed to be but i i the 
for this episode, I I wanted to talk to you about the field notes and also just to, you know, bring back to our idea of creation because the、mm -hmm. podcast, the the field note.、Um, but now we are trying, we are trying to pick it up, and indeed we are.、Uh, and I guess my question is, which it's also I think is a question that applies and baffles every creators, is how for. Anything that you put out there underneath your name, representing you as a person,、uh, how do you adjust your expectations between, you know, acceptance of the public and also exposures、um, versus, you know, just you being you? What if you being you doesn't receive much of the popularity or even acceptance or exposures? Do you feel that you are still You know, it it still matters. I don't,、um, because I don't really care if no one reads、mm -hmm. my writing when it comes to.、Right. I don't care if no one listens to this podcast. I mean, yeah, and and but we know people are, you know, and I know people、yeah. are reading my writing, and sometimes I'll check in with the. Oh,、stats. people are. I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I I do check in with the stats every so often, but I don't live there. And I'll tell you、yeah. a story, actually, that this may end up. I've been thinking about this a lot,、um, but this may end up as a future piece. But I remember, so I started writing for real in a public-facing way. Probably, I want to say in my later years. Well, my very first time public writing.、Um, I do share this on. Field notes was when I was supposed to write that class assignment, and I had no idea what I was going to write. The assignment was that I had to put a blog out on the class blog, and it the goal was to write something that would catch people's attention and generate views and clicks. Okay, like classic marketing.、Um, but that previous, I'm trying to think of like the. Like the time warp again, but previously, before that,、um, I had just experienced the loss of of my cousin、um, in a very traumatic way, and I couldn't think about anything else. Like I didn't give a crap about this assignment, and I'd always kind of known that I'm good with words. I like writing. Like I remember distinctively on my 13th birthday, sitting down at 7 a.m. in the morning, and opening up a fresh journal. And saying, "Okay, today is my 13th birthday. I'm going to document my life from here on." But always, when I was a kid, like I would just like lose track of that and like miss a day or whatever. And then I would think to myself, "Oh, well, I already missed a day, so like, what's the point?" Kind of thing.、Mm -hmm. But which I'm growing out of that mindset. Still creeps up sometimes with like. You know, it's easy to have that happen with working out or whatever. But so there's like these little snippets of different things from when I was younger that I would write down.、Um, but the first time was this blog post, and so I remember the night before the assignment. It was like midnight, and I had no, I still had no idea, and I just could not. I was deep in the throes of grief at this moment in time, and it was just all-consuming. There's a lot going on in my life, and. Um, so I just started writing. I just started.、Mm -hmm. I had the blank cursor, and I was like, you know what? I don't care. And I just started、mm -hmm. going. Whatever came out, 
And what came out was a letter to my cousin and writing to him, talking to him about how I wish that he was still here. And, you know, all these just really turning towards the grief and just giving it a voice. Mm -hmm. And then I got to that. I just, it naturally just, I, I stopped and that was it. That's what I had to say. And I was like, okay, like, well, I literally have nothing for this assignment. This is what's on the page. And I loaded it up on the class blog. I pressed publish and I just shut my laptop and went to bed. I was just like in a total mm -hmm. like effort mood. And, um, cause I think in grief, you know, you get a little bit angry sometimes too, but, um, so then a few weeks, like a week went by or whatever. And I'm just like hoping no one read that. Like I was just like, whatever. Mm -hmm. Then I get to class and it's the day we're going to look at the stats on the blog post. And so my teacher, my professor is pulling up the stats and he's looking at the whole classroom silent. And he looks up and he said, who wrote dear Daniel. And I was like, Oh my mm -hmm. God. And I'm like sinking in my chair, <laughs> shaking. And then he like looks around and no one's answering. And then I'm realizing like, I need to raise my hand. And so I raised my hand and he asked me, he said, what's it about? And I just said, it's, you know, it's really hard to talk about, but I lost my cousin and, um, I, that's what I wrote about. I wrote a letter to him and everybody just went silent. And then I don't know, but it had, it was the top blog post in the class. So that was my first time experiencing an outward facing piece of mm -hmm. writing. But what I realized through that experience is so many people were connecting with it because they knew it helped them in a way with their grief, whatever grief they had, mm -hmm. every human on this earth experiences grief and mm -hmm not only did it resonate with the people who also knew my cousin, but I remember, cause part of the thing too, for this assignment is you had to share it on a social media platform. So I just threw mm -hmm. it up on Facebook. I said, I had to write this thing for my class, share it if you like, blah, blah, blah. Well, I opened Facebook mm -hmm. and people who I didn't even know were sharing it. Um, and that was my first experience. So then I was like, okay, like, um, this feels really good. Like I feel better after writing this and putting this out there. Um, and then after that, like I tried to keep a blog after that, but that, I don't know, blogs just doesn't really work out so well. And mm -hmm. we're in a different age. It's just not the age. Yeah. Um, and then I started working within the constraints of Instagram cap captions and going mm -hmm. about it that way for quite a few years and writing things that much in the way that I write on field notes today, but then towards 2020 and people would resonate. And I just, I don't know. I just felt that was, I was just connecting with a bunch of different people and it just felt really good. And, um, there was this message actually, before I get to the part in 2020, there was this message that came through one night at about midnight, um, from a girl who I had gone to school with since kindergarten. And, uh, well, as we got older, she was considered one of the popular girls, but she was always the quieter one. And, I don't know. I don't know what was going on in that whole, like looking back on it now, but I always felt like she was cooler than me, you know, <laughs> but she was always really nice to me. And she messaged me one night at about midnight. And she said, I just need you to know that your writing has helped me so much. 
And she said, thank you for, for putting it out there. Thank you for sharing. You have no idea. Like I haven't heard from this girl in forever. We did not talk that much. Like we hadn't been in school for years together and I couldn't believe it because my writing transcended any sort of like hierarchy from grade school or whatever and touched a person that I didn't even realize was reading. And then I thought to myself, I was like, if, if I don't write for anybody, but one person, and this is her, that's all I care about. I've done my job and I'm Mm. not writing to do a job either. I'm not really writing. I'm writing for me and you, I'm not just writing for you. And if, if it touches one person, then I've done my job. Like, you know what I mean? Um, I've, I've accomplished what I set out to do. And then, but I will say like, after that, like in 2020, I feel like social media started getting weird. Um, as we all know, and something about Instagram and sharing so vulnerably in the way that I did, I wasn't feeling comfortable with it anymore. Mm. Um, and that's when I pulled back. I left social media for an entire year. I did not post anything. And I told people before I left, I said, if you would like to keep in touch, like, I don't know what my future with social media looks like, but if you'd like to keep in touch, please send me your email. I'm thinking about potentially starting some sort of newsletter. I had no idea how it was going to happen. I didn't know anything about Substack. I didn't even know Substack existed. Um, and then I just left for a year and then I came back and like 2022 is when I started Substack. And that's like, I don't know. Like when it comes to the fear of like, if there's any fear about pe- what people think or whatever, I just simply don't have it. Like I don't care mm-hmm. because, oh, well, like the, I, I truly believe if you put yourself out there, you put yourself out there and you will always find people that will connect with you because you put yourself mm-hmm. out there. There's always, mm-hmm. there's too many people on this earth for that not to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And especially if you're trying to connect in a very intentional way. Um, but I, I truly believe that. And like, like I said, though, if no one read it, I, I don't care. I would still publish. I don't know. It mm-hmm. just, it's yeah. just, it has to be that way. Yeah. It's so interesting because I remember we talked a little bit before we decided to uh, constantly update the spark. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked a little bit about the urge to share. And we talked a little bit about uh, the meaning of social media, its existence, and uh, just connecting with people. What does it mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if today is the episode, but I guess we, we since we're here, it always, I respect what you said so much, to be honest. And I think it's courageous, it's courageous, and it's sincere. Um and it's truly just, it reflects, it reflects on the words that you, you put out there. Because once you don't care, um, the words that are out there, there's no compromise. The mm-hmm. only compromise that you make is between you and your craft, but yeah. not because of the public. Right. Um, so the words are strong, but very soft when they touch the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the landing is always very, very soft. So I, I respect that. And I just, <laughs> it's so interesting because I, when I first started college, my major was humanity and I couldn't understand anything when I was a freshman and then I failed a class. And then I just remember walking down the, the street back to the dorm and my friend and not even friend like acquaintances they were discussing the exam as well because it was pretty hard but at least they understood what's going on i had no idea and they were talking to each other and then they said oh if you fell humanity does it mean that you failed humanity oh my gosh <laughs> oh my god oh that's and that awful somehow stick to me if you um, fail humanity, if I failed. Mean. Doesn't mean you fail humanity. And that oh. somehow stick with me after 10 years, because if what I put out there failed, it's it's a true branding of myself. It's a true reflection, a mirror of myself. If that failed, does it mean that I failed? <laughs> or it's the opposite that I made it uh, again. The logic doesn't make sense, but you know, you know what I mean? And I, I just, I don't know. I mean, sharing things is such an interesting thing because I think working in my field, I see a lot of egotistical person, people mm -hmm. and me yeah. myself included as well. And I think the most dangerous per people that I've met, maybe not the most dangerous in comparison to like, you know, morally corrupted or behavior cor <laughs> questionable. But I, I so I, I really need to justify there given the environment of our internet. But um, but one of the worst kinds of people that I've met were the people who whose only validation comes from outside. Yeah, and totally. Uh, right whatever you put out there they may put great content it may start off innocent as a reflection of their brand it it, it doesn't have to be a platform it do, you don't have to be a creator to be like that you could be like a service provider financial service provider a banker a a diplomat an ambassador right like all these people like ambassador come on like politics international politics all you gotta do is to make people like you and your country and right. the people people that you want to charm you may only see them once and the majority of them you may never see them in your life and the people that you want approval of are the people that you know nothing about and then um in, but that's your entire validation that's where the validation comes from and it just makes me feel so com just maybe i'm overthinking it i'm pretty sure that i am because sharing and connecting are just so simple but at the same time i just sometimes when i get to do it to share anything i feel okay am i completely happy with what i'm putting out there because if so i shouldn't care about what other people think because i always want to make sure that the validation comes from within not from outside yes i i so i totally know everything you just described about that kind of brand of sharing gives me the biggest ick. It's just like, like, you know, when you see people who are just out there, like stepping over other people to like make some shallow 
I don't even know what I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't actually, I, I don't know how to articulate it necessarily, but I can feel it in my body and it's not a good feeling. Yeah. And there's a difference. There's a difference. I think what you're getting at is the concept of like the exposure of oneself. Yeah. And the, what does it, what's the difference between exposing yourself and vulnerability. I think yeah. that's, I think that's, um, really important. I believe too, as a writer, there is a such thing as oversharing. Not everyone has earned yeah. your right to hear your story. So how do you as a writer or an artist or whatever, figure out who has earned your story or how do you tell your story in a way that protects you and your reader. So when I write something, I make sure that I'm writing something from a very processed, healed place. And I'm writing something in a way that it is meant to be read by you. Not mm. something, uh, yes. not, not where, oh, you just happened to stumble upon yes. my diary and oops, there's that sentence in there. That's not the greatest, I love but it. here we are. That's not, you will never see a piece from me at this age where you feel like you just stumbled upon something you shouldn't have read. Yeah. Because I love that. That is not, I should have already have processed that before you read it. Basically. If I put something out there, that's like that, that means it's not processed yet. And it's actually exposing myself in a very dangerous way. Um, yeah. And anyone who does that is exposing themselves in a very dangerous way because I, it's Brene Brown who said it. I don't know the exact, the full quote, but she talks about, and I'll, I'll have to find this later, but um, cause it's really, really good. I wish I could just remember it off the top of my head, but she talks about how not everyone has earned the right to hear your story and vulnerability you can be vulnerable while still i guess discerning who you're being i don't know how to say it i'm gonna butcher it everyone go look it up um google it mm -hmm. not everyone has earned the right to hear your story <laughs> brene brown quote something but that is so 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 important um and i think that that's why like once you can get to that place too, I, I, I don't think I could have, I know actually, as a matter of fact, even just a few years ago, like I couldn't have been producing or writing pieces in the way that I'm writing them right now. Mm -hmm. Like, like not just how they're being published on field notes and Substack and all that stuff. It's like how the piece is formed. I don't think mm -hmm. I could have done that a few years ago. And that comes through immense like self work work and like understanding my own self. I also know too, that if something like you have to, I guess like I'm trying to work through this in my head right now is like, I will not put something on the page that does not, that does not, um, that is not the truth. That's the mm. other thing too. A hundred percent. Like there is nothing that is not the truth or my truth. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you do have to protect yourself. But I think there are people, like you mentioned, there are people out there who try to weaponize vulnerability to quote unquote connect. And that's not what they're doing at all. They're what they're doing is they're weaponizing it. And, Mm -hmm. um, that's a dangerous road in the end for the person who's doing that. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. just dangerous road for the people who are on the receiving end for that of that, but it's a dangerous road for the person who's doing it in the first place, because I don't know. I just, it's so against me as a person that I just don't even know how to, how to react to it, you know? Yeah. And I think I love what you just said. I think you just solved one of the biggest questions that I have (laughs) is uh, whether sharing things about yourself or your journey, (laughs) I hate the word journey, or your growth um, experience uh, or something incredibly personal to you uh, contradicted with your con- self-content, uh, like self-fulfillment, since it's likely that other people are seeking it from other people. I, again, I, I think you made, a, you made it sound perfect and I really resonate and I think that is you, you kind of hit the question with the with the answer at that specific spot because you said that you will never put anything out there that is not polished, but it's not it's true. Everything it's is genuine. Facts. Yeah, it's, it's not, genuine, it's sincere. Yeah. But it's not meant to be consumed as trash food. Right. Exactly. It's it's like if I were to that's the difference between, I think that's a difference between writing for readership and writing in your diary. Like mm-hmm. you, I mean, anyone who keeps a diary, you know, like that's your safe personal place to like, just word vomit all over the place if you want to, but that should not necessarily be published. Like, mm-hmm. I know that there are some people out there, like especially traditional bloggers and people like that who word vomit and just spill all their thoughts. And that's great. But also there's a way to do it. I think if you're going to do it that way, but like where I approach every, when I have an idea for something that I want to write about, there's a part of me that knows, okay, I'm ready to write this. Like, and I will never put anything out if I don't feel 100% ready. Mm -hmm. Well, if I don't feel like it's hundred percent ready for that, if I, if there's any single part of it that I wouldn't want someone else's eyes on. I don't publish it. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to have discernment in that way. But also I consider myself, I actually just learned this term not long ago is that like the type of writer that I am is a lyrical essayist. So that's somebody who combines poetry and memoirism. So somebody Mm -hmm. who kind of puts these memoir-esque essays out in a poetic way. Mm -hmm. Um, that is how I would describe my writing is like, there's always a flair of poetry to it. Um, yeah. And there's something, there's always a little nugget or actually quite a few nuggets that somebody that the reader can pull away and kind of take on and chew on for a little bit. You know, Mm -hmm. if I was just writing a piece where it was like a diary dump, 
there wouldn't necessarily be anything for you to walk away with. You'd be like, oh, yeah. I just walked away knowing a bunch of information that I'm not sure if I was supposed to know or not. Bye. <laughs> like I yeah. got nothing from reading that. Like, you know, I don't know. There's, it's a very thin line and it's yeah. hard to nail, but, um, but you're doing public a service. If you're a responsible creator, this is yes. where you do your service. Yes, exactly. Like I am, even though I don't care if only one person reads field notes, I do write it for someone to read it. Yeah. Even yes. If no one yes. reads it. I yes. write it for someone to read it mm -hmm. when, but that, I think that's the difference. I think that's yes. the difference is I'm writing for someone to read it though. I don't care if someone reads it. I love that. And I think you just solved the mystery. <laughs> cause I, cause I really do see people, maybe they start off like, you know, very clear on what they've tried to put out there, but then as you grow as an influencer, as you grow as someone who, who, who starts attracting attentions and then it, it, it become a chicken and egg, right? Like, am yeah. I doing it for myself or am I doing it because someone else wants it? And do these two type of thing have to contradict each other? And why are you still doing a podcast after four years <laughs> without doing <laughs> so for the love, baby, yeah. for the love, <laughs> labor of love. And I, you know, it's so interesting because I have those questions, not because, not because I doubt anything that we've done, but because I get the environment or I get questioned, like, you know, sometimes in a very subtle way, I, I think maybe some people just don't understand why doing something that you, you don't get much return of or should you ever as a point to chase after something um but again don't have to be these two things don't have to be contradicting each other and i think that feel no it's and it's the spark as, as well feel no it's you as a person and the spark is you as an individual in almost like a society setting because we discuss right. a lot of things that related that's are much bigger right? that relate related to you know more than just two of us um and talking to a very specific group of people too and talking to thing. specific it's a completely exactly. different medium a completely different mode a different like when i'm on the podcast with you like yeah there is like me as a person is here the person who writes field notes is here sitting with you but i'm not bringing like like I said in my post yesterday, like you hold this key that yeah. unlocks and what we're doing on this podcast is you're unlocking a different part of me. That is me with you, like me, yeah. me on my own is field notes. Me with you is the spark. And, but it's interesting. I do want to ask you, like when it comes to like the return that people are hinting Mm -hmm. about like when it comes to like our podcast for example mm -hmm. like what do you think that is do you think it's like monetary do you think it's like fame do you think it's like some sort of recognition um because I just find that interesting that people think that the only purpose behind creating something like a podcast creating something like or like putting your writing out there or making art in any way shape or form because I think mm -hmm. conversation is art too that there's supposed to be 
some sort of like, oh, I'm doing like a monetary return or some sort of recognition or all, all of that, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't want it to sound really extreme, but I do think it's a fact <laughs> and that is extreme. Uh, is I think for some people that are not born creative or haven't found their creativity yet, uh, building a platform in their spare time or and pouring their emotions and crafts out there in it might just be might just be work for them because it's work like it's not considered as natural or they don't have that emotion capacity. Uh, or maybe just because they don't resonate with us on the specific subject, which which all of them are completely valid. So what we do become work to them. Uh, so I think that could be a reason. And also, even for people who have the capacity, who 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 resonate, who oh, have these possess these emotions, I think return might just be time because you're spending time on this and now time is money. So uh, why not doing something that can get fame or money or return uh, so that to make more sense to your, to compensate your time? Yeah. You know, I think if someone ever sets out to do something like a podcast, like writing or painting or whatever, if they set out to do it with the only goal to make money or earn recognition of some sort, they will fail. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that like there is when you're going into it with the purest intention and the only person that you're doing it for is that person who messages you at midnight and says, thank you so much. Like I, your writing has helped me so much. Or we even had a similar experience with some, with a listener also named with your yes. name. Yeah. And if you're out there, hello. Um, we think about Hi. you all the time. Yes. Um, and I just remember receiving her message. It was also late at night, came through as an email. Thank you so much for this podcast. Like you've put words to something that I didn't realize I needed words for, but mm -hmm. now that I have words for it, I feel like I feel better. And that's, the, that should be the only intention and only purpose behind these very outward facing endeavors. Um, mm -hmm. your job is your job, but your creative passions and your art is your art. And mm -hmm. it should come from only that place of pure intentional, motivations to yeah. really create something that feels like the truest, most beautiful version of your expression. Yeah. And if you're expecting from the get-go, some sort of monetary return or fame or recognition or whatever, that will never happen for you. Um, no, it's just never going to happen because, and I, I think about it in a way, like, this is something we talk about a lot, like in my day job as a marketer, as a copywriter in marketing are leading and, and lagging indicators. So the leading indicator is the thing that you're going to do. Like for me, for mm -hmm. my writing, 
my leading indicator is that I want to connect with people. I want other people to feel, to feel like they're not alone. I want them Mm -hmm. to, I, I, I truly think shame is shame is some shame is lethal. And if I can, if through my writing, I can do my part to eliminate the, the shame that's floating out around in the world about whatever, then I will have done my job. And if mm-hmm. the lagging indicator, that's the leading indicator and the lagging indicator will be hopefully, or maybe, or who knows the lagging indicator will be that more people read it. And then maybe someday I write a book and mm-hmm. then it goes from there. But my lagging, my, I mean, is it in the back of my mind that like these pieces will potentially set me up to approach, um, a book agent someday? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But am I hoping to be like the world's like number one selling author and all that'd be cool. But yeah. like, I'm not going out there and writing for money, for fame, for anything. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also privileged to be in a place where I don't have to, mm-hmm. I recognize that because, um, it's hard to pursue your art when your basic needs are not met. Yeah. So I, I do feel very fortunate in that way, but I think about it like in terms of Taylor Swift, for example, Taylor Swift, we're talking about her again, but <laughs> Taylor everybody, Swift, who, who is it? Listen, um, Taylor Swift, listen, Taylor yeah. Swift. Uh, we talked yeah. about her on the last podcast too. So we'll just have to make sure and insert her on every episode from now on. Cause she's like yeah. the queen of the world. But for example, like I remember growing up watching her win her first awards at, at the Grammys and she always had this shocked look on her face. Like, oh my God, I can't believe like they chose me. And people started giving her a lot of crap. I remember like on social media and things for like, oh, like seriously, like she can't, she was shocked that she got the award again. Well, you know <laughs> what? Yeah, she was shocked because she never expected like this fame mm-hmm. and like girl has to write songs to live. Like she, mm-hmm not because she needs them to like, that's not, not, not saying that in terms of like, that's her job. She has to write songs because if Taylor Swift doesn't write songs and sing them, she will combust like JK Rowling, for example, with Harry Potter. I know she's a controversial topic, but there was a journalism professor when I was in college, who was talking about JK Rowling. Like if JK Rowling did not write Harry Potter, she would have combusted. Like there's Mm -hmm. no way somebody can create that wild of an inner world and like this fantasy, like made up place with all these different people mm-hmm. and these names and like relationships that yeah. actually aren't even like it goes like monsters, creatures. Yes. It goes so far beyond. That's when, you know, JK Rowling was writing Harry Potter for herself. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Taylor Swift writes these songs for herself and we just all happen to connect to it because there's, they're hitting chords to something that is existing in all of us. And I think that for me with my writing, it's like, I have to write or I will combust and, oh, and people happen to read it and they happen to connect with it and happen to love it. And like, maybe someday that will end up in a book deal. And I mean, I would love to, that would, that would be so meaningful to me. But if I get Mm -hmm. that book deal, I'm going to look like Taylor Swift at her first Grammy is like completely shocked that I got it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Because I'm yeah. not expecting it, you know? So it's yeah, just like, I'm, that's the difference. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I love but, that. And you know, I love one thing about I love about felt notes and just you as a person, which is also the reason why I think it's so important that we dedicated this episode to creativity and mm -hmm. continuous creations, even when you possess a day job. Not everyone, but you know, just for for people who thought about it. I just think I think I talked about this with you before. People connect most of the time uh, because they feel the same misery. People yeah. connect more so uh, with each other through hardships and uh, which was actually one, I wouldn't even say mistake. It was, it might just be like, I was used to it that when we did the motherhood series, yeah. that my initial thought of being a mom was terrible mm -hmm. and hard. And I can't say that I still don't feel this way, but it's because hardships uh, connects. Now, not trying to deny that these things do not exist, but um, I think it's very important to have the power to look beyond that yes. because they exist. So now let's talk about how to do it together to conquer it together. Yeah. And I think that is side. what come out the other side. And I think that is what field note really hits me because mm. it's always, or you as a person, because you are, you, you do, as you share those simple positive message, there's always something really real and raw beneath that. And then that's in your field note. And then on your social, it's always very bright. It's always, you know, like wholesome even, and you're a very wholesome person, mm -hmm. but you see the hardships like behind and then you never try to hide them. And then you write them out in the field notes and people can see it. All these little moments that might not, that might lead to the light at the end. And it might not even be like a happy ending. It's not eternal lights, but it's like a, temporary solution at least and i think that is a higher or like a kind of connection that i value more um because people find it funny i found it funny uh sometimes through mockery so through like self effacing jokes i don't know yes. like unnecessary stops they are funny but at the same time especially in New York, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Everybody's so like, serious. <laughs> everyone's so serious. And then the only funny thing became why so serious, but it's still like, it's not because something really funny. It's just because you're mocking on something that's already sad. Um, so I just think it's so, it's so necessary, both type of humors, right? Like both, both are important, but I almost think it's harder to look beyond it. Like, I, I believe it is harder it to is. be the person who see it mm -hmm. and whose only goal is try to look past it and help other people to look past it. Mm. Thank you for, for putting that all in such a succinct way, because that is really what I'm trying to do is tell people, Hey, I've been exactly where you're standing and I know what it's like. I, I know what you're up against right now. And here's a map. 
You can take it mm-hmm. or leave it. But here's the map that worked for me. Your map ultimately in the end may look a little bit different, but mm-hmm. it's me. I think looking down from the side of a mountain and seeing somebody and putting my arm out and saying, just grab my hand. Like mm-hmm. it's okay. Like we're, we're going and it's not, I, I work really hard and very carefully to not come from the place of a victim because mm-hmm. yeah, I don't ever want to victimize myself. I don't see myself as a victim of anything ever. Um, I think, and I, and I don't want people cause, cause like, let's be honest, like life is really hard. Like life is yeah. really hard. Like life, if life were easy, like nothing that makes us human would exist because it's like mm-hmm. having sunshine all day long, every day, like get, that gets pretty old mm-hmm. after a while. I think the color and the texture of life are the, the things that we go through that are not necessarily enjoyable. California cries. Yeah, California exactly. just cries. Yeah. yeah. Like, what do you mean you don't want sunshine every day? Right? Keep going, sorry. Exactly. <laughs> but I think it's like this, if we can, if we can look at our, I think really what it comes down to is I feel like I write from a place of resilience and mm-hmm like looking at something and just saying, Hey, like this was, this was something that it's not even something that I necessarily like went through because went through, I think Mm -hmm. like implies this, like, Oh, there's something wrong. It's yeah. You have a damaged wing. Um, it's more like, this is something that I experienced and I am here Mm -hmm. for the experience of life whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's, or maybe it just is. And then inspiring others, inspiring others. I mean, for example, it's, it's fascinating too, with field notes, actually just the community. I keep, I keep talking about the community in the sense that it has allowed me to connect with strangers and people I love alike in a way that I it's unlocked a new way of connecting with people in general, like people that I already know and love and people I've never met. I have people who have come to field notes who I feel like I know them now, but we have never met in real life. Um, and I hope that someday now I do meet them in real life. Like they are also, there's a few that are also writers and, um, it's just really amazing to like exist in that space with them and to have found each other in the mm-hmm. place where we both feel most like ourselves. Cause like field notes, if you want to know who I am, that's where you go. Like that's mm-hmm. the truest, most beautiful version of myself. Like, like you said, like I'm always tracing myself back to the most, the purest form of myself in my writing. Um, it's a homecoming really. And I think what's so cool is just being able to connect in that way. But also like, for example, I just got a text from my mom a couple oh. days ago. And do you know the, um, the orca story that I put out about yes, being do, in your yeah. orca era <laughs> and, yes. um, and then right after I, I, I shared on Instagram, how my sister came back from Canada 
with a kinder surprise, like the legitimate kinder surprise, not the fake mm-hmm. ones we have in America because laws. Mm-hmm. Um, and I opened mine up and it was literally just after this piece had published and I opened mine up and inside was a freaking toy orca. Like I oh my could God. not believe it. Like the gods just like came down. The universe was like, girl, I see you kind of thing. And I just, I got chills when I saw it and I opened it up and I was like, oh my God, like it's a, it's an orca. And my mom, she's my, one of my most loyal and dedicated readers of field notes. Um, and she looked at me when I saw the orca and she's like, oh my gosh, like, cause she knew too, like about that piece. And so then the other day, two days ago, I think she texted me and she sent me a picture because she also opened up her kinder surprise now that like just now, and she opened it up and inside, she also got the orca and she mm-hmm. goes, she goes, Oh my gosh, it's a sign. I think I'm in my orca era too. It's, like, <laughs> it's so cute because she's like, then she goes on to say, she sent me this quote. She's like, gosh, I just wish I, I, I knew that this era existed or she's, she called it yeah. like a, She's like, I wish that I knew that this, this Orca era uh, existed before I was 59 or something like that. But like field notes has allowed me to connect with my mom, like woman to woman rather than daughter to mother and mother to daughter. Like that's so important. It's mind. It's allowed me to mind myself, like be so true and present myself in my most truthful and honest form in a way that's inspirational and others can potentially get something from that. And that has allowed me to connect with my mom in a way that I would never have connected with her. Had I not taken the bold step to start this all in the first place. And now I'm watching my Mm -hmm. mom like transform and come to her own understandings about herself. And, and she's now growing at 59 you know, so it's so cute. It's cool. It's really cool. I love it. I, I okay. Orca is one of my favorite animals. I it have is? a toy. <gasps> yes, I, I have a toy. I have my senior year uh, thesis on orca. I the did class not I know this. <laughs> the class I took was on animals. <laughs> and I was like, that's the coolest animal ever. It was on animal <laughs> philosophy, human, whatever. It's very just like whatever. Uh, but I saw that piece. I'm like, huh? <laughs> because oh before I knew that his name is Orca, I call it Killer Whale. I mean, that's, Me that is what it is. Yes. Um, but then I looked up like that's just a beautiful name. And I almost named my future kid Orca. <laughs> and no, I asked ask my ask my partner that's that's what happened and then that's amazing um, no i almost named my uh future kid work and then i we discussed it we were like absolutely not because most people know what it is you're basically naming like your kid dog if this kid lives in a place where um doesn't speak english perfectly fine because it sounds very almost exotic and in a cool way but in the u.s like or english speaking world it sounds like panda or like dog (laughs) Um, oh my god you may have been in your orca era longer than any of us i'm pretty sure (laughs) i don't know like 
That's hilarious. I was obsessed. So what happened is this year I named my my friends, one of my best friends, unborn child Orca. (laughs) And she loved it. Is the child actually named Orca? Yeah. (gasps) It's going like, I mean, it's a Chinese kid, but she's going to. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's that. So you ultimately you ultimately got a baby named Orca. I did. I did. Oh my God. I, I'm not kidding you. I'm not even kidding you. It's true. That is the yeah. most incredible thing I have ever heard in my <laughs> life. I feel like I know you even more than I knew you before now too. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So good. Amy. Um, that's the yeah, best part no, of this I'm whole podcast. Even... <laughs> so, um, Again, I I know this might not resonate with a lot of the people because I I bet people who don't speak English that like on your day to day or watch Animal Planet in English day to day, you might not even know this animal. Uh, And you if you didn't read the piece about Orca in the field, no, you might not know what we are talking about. But did you just see the spark, though? That is what I want to end it on. You yes. must admit that you you feel the spark, and this is why we create. It's that yes. it is that one moment of like, I see you, and yes, you know what it. I'm talking about, you. right? Yes, and that sudden burst of laughter, and that like, oh my god, yes. And I bet if you ever meet the people who follow your field note, it will be sparks all over. It will be a freaking firework show. Oh, Amy, so, thank you. So yes, I hope you enjoy this episode. I had fun. I loved it. And I really think that it's such an important episode for me personally, because I, that just gives me so much power to continue creating and just being genuine, authentic, but also crafty Mm -hmm. uh, and careful in an artistic way and be responsible for what you put out there. But then once you go, once you go through all that, just do it um yes I can I say something too in the sense that here's something that I hope everybody walks away with is first of all it's a freaking miracle that any of us are even here in the first place like you specifically as you are sitting in front of me the fact that you not a different variation of you but you are you came to this earth like Mm -hmm. I don't know like just the chances of that are so slim in the first place. And I think we forget that. And then also there is not, even with identical twins, no two people are the same. We may look, Mm -hmm. we may be similar, but that comes with our art inside of us too, is that Mm -hmm. my, you talked a little bit about the word brand. And I think that us as humans, we're so much more than a brand, but our own personal brand only we can bring that to the world. And if you don't mm-hmm. like your art is lost forever. So mm-hmm. I hope that no one feels self-conscious if, or if you're feeling self-conscious about like expressing yourself in any sort of way, um, like just know that it, only you can express yourself in that particular way. And it, it mm-hmm. could be the key to, um, I don't know, to making someone else's day just that much better. It to everything. Yeah. We're all yeah, and the key to everything. And so, um, and Amy, I think you're like one of 
you're such a creative mastermind. And that's why I love doing this podcast with you in the first place is just the collaboration that we have. And we've had since day one is just something that is so important to me and something that I hold so close because it's a, it's an, it's an outlet of creativity that I literally, if I wasn't doing it with you, I wouldn't have it like with Mm -hmm. like, I can only express my creativity in this specific way because it's with you, you know, Mm -hmm. in podcasting, I know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I wouldn't be like, uh, really? Thank you so much. No, I know. (laughs) No, I know, you know, because I, I, I think we are just, we are all creative, but in very different way. And I, to see myself as a crafter, as you a, are, you are, I, I lift people up, not because I want to, because I'm curious. And yeah, I, I love that because, because I respect and I just want to know more because I'm just very mm-hmm. easy. I'm the kind of right. I'm going to kind of reader that you want to meet. I'm the kind of creator <laughs> that you want to work with because I'm genuinely, when I see an interesting soul, I just want to dig deeper and I, once I bring it out, I genuinely, genuinely respect and I just want to keep knowing more. Hence why this episode dedicated to Meg and uh, we are going to have more episodes coming up in September. Um, And I just think that the film note deserves a shout out. I just love that picture of us and I just think about it. It was an honor to be able to feature you in field notes. Thank you for being absolutely um, one of my key holders in life. Always, always, hopefully never the door. (laughs) Yep. And with that, we will talk to you all soon. Talk to you soon. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to join in on the conversation. If you haven't already, please rate and review this podcast. You can also connect with us on Instagram at spark underscore podcast and Facebook at the spark podcast with Meg and Amy, or send us an email at hellosparkpodcast at gmail.com. And wherever you may be listening from, we hope you have the courage to be the spark.